Thank you for tuning in to the Garage Cast. This is episode 10. I'm your host, Armand Hawker, and today's guest is a famous face. (laughs) (laughs) Only in your house. Right? It's uh, my guest today will be Desiree Hawker. Hi. Of of LuLaRoe fame. And uh, we're pretty much going to talk about that. I'm taking the, I'm kind of stepping out of the normal uh, blatant rants of mine that really don't mean anything and uh, stepping out of the weight training realm. Just something different. So, welcome to the show, Desiree. Thanks, babe. Or welcome to our living room, whichever one you want to, I don't know, whichever one it's you want to go It's pretty legit. Yeah, legit. Yeah. There's your rant, right? Yeah, you got one more time to use that. You can kick me off, off your podcast. <laughs> anyway, so Desiree is a LuLaRoe fashion consultant. And how long have you been doing it for? Three months now? Four months? Uh, on the 12th, it'll be four months. Four months. Um, so what what really got you started doing that? To pick LuLaRoe? Is there any... You, cause you uh, actually, LuLaRoe really just fell into my lap. Right. I... Uh, well, you know this, but listeners, listeners don't. don't. I, lost, <laughs> I lost my job. I've been working for the government for 15 years, um, and I was laid off in September of last year. Our contract ran out. I had other opportunities for jobs, but I really I just, why are you sitting like that? <laughs> I wanted to um, take some time to spend at home with our baby. Right. She's our last one, and I've never been able to. And I really, I just kind of needed a break from the government. But I was getting bored a couple months into it. So I started to, uh, I made little baby infinity scarves for our daughter. But I started to make them just kind of as a hobby and took them to a craft fair to sell some just to see what it what would happen. And there was this LuLaRoe lady there. And I had heard about LuLaRoe. People had invited me to their parties. But I thought that the clothes were hideous. And there was no way that I would ever wear them. And they're... They only have like two sizes of leggings or they have very few sizes and they claim they'll fit everybody. Right. So I was very skeptical. So I asked the lady, I said, hey, uh, do you mind if I come and look at this stuff and see what the hype is all about? Yeah. And she said, yeah. So I went and I uh, looked at it. Didn't like anything, but I touched the leggings and they were ridiculously soft. Right. So I knew I had to have some, even if it was just for jammies. So I bought two pairs of leggings that I didn't even like and a top that I could tolerate. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we went to Ohio on a road trip. And I think we came home to about 20 packages right. of Those other are, things that I'd bought. And that wasn't an order. You you were just a consumer. No. You just, I'm trying to remember. I, no. So. That was all. You were just a fan of it. And you wanted to see the, more, the other um, other things they had. No, you didn't, you didn't, that was... You weren't uh, a consultant yet. No, I wasn't a consultant. Okay. I, was, I wasn't I was even thinking about becoming a consultant at that point in time. Like, I had talked to her about her business and, right. and the opportunities that LuLaRoe had. But I really, it, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a, a direct sales kind of person. Right. I don't... I don't really like that atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, but I was curious. I asked her what, what the hype was all about because people seem to be pretty into this. Um... But I wore my first pair of leggings on our way out to Ohio, and they were ridiculously comfortable. And I am total tomboy, jeans and hoodie. Right. And here I was wearing these loud leggings with hearts all (laughs) over them and stripes on them. Like, 
everything that people tell you not to do because it makes you look bigger. But I was comfortable and I felt very confident in that outfit. So I I just started shopping. I started right. joining every Facebook group that I could and looking right. at what else there was and trying to find things that I liked. After that trip, because I spent so many hours in the car looking at all this stuff and being a tomboy. Right. After seeing what kind of effect it had on me, that's when I started to contemplate, like, well, do maybe I should do this. Right. Like, these girls are literally taking pictures of their inventory, yeah. putting it up online, and within 20 to 30 minutes, almost all of it is sold. Right. Like, you are racing other girls to try and get this stuff. I'm like, man, this stuff is selling itself. Like, like fish in a barrel, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I started talking um, to other girls that were doing it. There was another girl that she is a stay-at-home mom. And I asked her if she did it in person or if she did it all online. And she right. said she did it all online. So there were a few of them that I talked to across the United States to see what their perspectives were of it. And everybody seemed to have these perfect stories that they were yeah. doing so well. And it was just like this great business. And it all seemed too... It just was too... It all sounded too good to be true. Right. So um, how long did it take for you to get into before you kind of decided to, to jump into it? I did about I did about two to three weeks of uh, market analysis and market really analysis, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> right. I'm a businesswoman. Right. Hello. I really I researched a lot of things. So I would go into the groups. Um, I read about the company, read reviews, watch these sales happen talk to other consultants and try and get a lot of perspectives. Right. Uh, I would talk to other girls that were customers. Um, there's this thing called a unicorn hunting in LuLaRoe where it's right. a print that you really want. It's called a unicorn. Right. So I would talk to girls. I'd help them find that. I had a really photographic memory. So I would see things, places, and like, hey, it's over here in this group and give them the link. Right. So I started networking, and just based off of the networking, I had a really good reaction from people and I was watching these sales, and it just, it seemed like something that I could potentially do. Right. So that I wouldn't have to go back to the government. Um, for those that don't know, my husband's leaving, and I'll be single mom for at least a year, maybe a few. So I didn't want to try and end up back in D.C. Right. Commuting, working, stressed out, and then the kids had no quality of life. So, so. you were... uh not that's not the American dream, but you're trying to optimize the uh, situation where I can't stand saying that word. <laughs> you're trying to optimize what you had to create an income while maximizing the time, basically being a mother, you know, being a parent, being at home as much as you could. So that was that was why this was most appealing because you didn't have to leave in the morning every day, drive 30 minutes to get to work, then then drive 30 minutes back home. You can kind of manage it here, in between. Uh, basically dropping kids off at the bus stop kind of thing and then them coming home. Is that the part uh, that kind of drove you towards it or was there? Yeah, was I mean, just the it? fact that it's my business so I can close when I want to. Right. I can I can shut down for a month and I can go to wherever you're at and bring the baby. Like, we can and see you. Like, it allowed me to have more flexibility and a lot less stress. Like, yeah. I was just tired of working for the government. The rules aren't this. It's not a McDonald's where you have to sell the Big Mac and you have to be open these days of the week. It's it's really. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah. It's mine you, you to wanna... do. If I want to do a ton of sales, then I right. need to be open more. But right. 
But if I have enough sales to carry me through a month, I could take a month off. Like yeah. we just took the weekend off and right. I just shut it down. Like I didn't, I don't have to work if I don't want to work. So right. it, in my mind, it allowed the best quality of life for our family. So you kind of, you drive your own success in a way. I guess either way you do, but even if you work for a company, you drive your own success, whether you move up the chain, whether you get a certain raise, but this type of thing, it's all what you what you buy, what you upload, what you sell, how you keep your um, your uh, inventory or uh, uh, Facebook page, how, if, how you keep it relevant, it's all up to you and the creative ways that you do it. Pretty much. It is. When I first started, I was working crazy hours, you know. Um, yes, I remember. <laughs> and I hit, uh, in my first month, I hit $19,000 in sales. Right. Where 50 to 60% of that is mine. Right. Um, so the next month was still pretty busy, and I hit 20-some thousand. I think it was 21000 in sales. The third month, you were like, hey, you need to... Uh, you need to back it down a little right. bit because it, it can take over, you know. It did, yeah. I mean, Just it's like really any- easy. Well, my my ultimate goal is for when you retire that if it's if the market is not great for you to get a job right away, then I can I know that I can go work for the government again right. and I can sustain the household. Right. But I don't. I mean, I was a contractor. There's no long yeah. term. There's no retirement there. There's nothing for our family there. So I'm really at the beck and call of the government. And if they decide they don't want me today, it's done. Right. So and I was trying to find another avenue that was better for sustaining the family. Yeah. And I don't plan on working after I retire. Yeah. You're going to be packing packages. Taking what are you talking a about? Solid six months off. You won't. No. Won't. Mine lasted two months before <laughs> I was bored. Um, so you were talking about, you were saying that. Uh, you got into it because you were approached while you were selling scarves. No, she didn't approach me. I thought she did. No, I asked her. I said, "Hey, are you that Lula, whatever that the those really loud clothes? What was are it? you a rep? What was it called before? It's Lula Row. But what was it? What did we call it? Lula Roo. Lula Roo. Yeah. 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 Uh, I thought she. I thought she approached you. I guess not. No. no. So I, I asked her. I what mean, else I, I know? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Right. You'll need another podcast for right. that. So even so, even after you told me, hey, it's starting to take over a lot of time. Right. Um, and we sat down. And I told you like my strategy was to brand myself, and right. yeah, I was gonna put a lot of time. I was gonna sacrifice. I was gonna be a bad mom, a bad wife, right. and just check check. <laughs> wow. Well, I was just going to be, yeah, I wasn't going to... to be available for anybody to ask me for anything because I really needed to brand this. And yeah. for this to be what I envisioned it to be, I had to blow up. I think uh, a big part, if anybody's going to try to do um, anything, if it's LuLaRue, well, LuLaRue, Lula, if it's LuLaRue or if it's selling, if it's, uh, what do you call that stuff with kids? Daycare. If you're selling shipping boxes, it can take over your life. So I think a big part of that is if you're going to start a business is talk to your everybody. You can not just talk to your spouse, but you can talk to your kids if they're old enough to, for it to make sense to really understand that they have to pick up a lot of the slack or some of the slack in any way and keep things afloat until the uh, I don't know the business owner gets to where they're able to step away for a little bit. Well, it's starting, yeah, it's starting, now I can take the weekends off, and I'm still exceeding, every month I exceed my sales, so last month I took, uh, shoot, we took took, a weekend off, didn't you? I think we took a whole week off, and then we took a weekend off, we took more time off, but my business was 100% closed 
for at least 10 days of the month, and I still hit $22,000 in sales. Right. So had I had that additional 10 days, I would have exceeded my monthly sales right. by a lot more. And this month, I'm closing more, but I'm already halfway to my monthly goal yeah. in the first five days. So I've I've branded myself. I've created... I've created this own little entity inside of LuLaRoe, like who Desiree is and what you get when you shop with her. So now it is getting to like stage two where the first one was just get in, blow up, work your butt off and make yourself known because there's a lot of consultants and it's only growing every day. Right. And LuLaRoe is not that known. It's kind of... It's It's not. It's uh, known in its circle. A lot of people don't know about Supercross, but Supercross is pretty big. But you go at stop somebody on the street to go see who's James Stewart, who's Ryan Dunch. Like they wouldn't know. It's kind of like that in its infant stage, right? Well, Supercross isn't, but right. Like I'm sure while we were in Ocean City, people were looking at my pants like, "What the heck is she wearing?" Like you should have dropped off some cards. Like, people, Oops. Know, I thought about that, <laughs> sticking them everywhere. Um, but no, it's very, it's very small still. So right. when I signed up, they had just hit five thousand consultants. Um, in January or February, I think we were at 10,000. So it's blowing up now, but it's still really small. There's still a large population that don't, they don't have any idea what LuLaRoe is. Um, most people recognize the leggings, but there's so much more to it. There's dresses Uh and skirts and tops and they're for everybody. Like they fit every body size and they fit every shape and they make you feel comfortable and confident. Like, (laughs) well, I don't know. Cutter gets mad because he thinks LuLaRoe has made his mom all girly. Like, well... I mean, you were a tomboy. I still am a tomboy. I just but I mean, you were you were straight up and down, not worried about fashion or the the best looking heels, that kind of thing. You were still, I guess, still go kart driving mom. Like that was just your. You were in a room full of women. women. I was trying to think of something more specific, but a room full of women, you'd be the only one to go and change a tire. Just like, well, yeah, I know how to do that. But other ones are kind of looking around, going. But well, a lot of that, so. That was what was comfortable to me because trendy and fashionable clothes right. don't fit plus size girls. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So I could never fit in those clothes. Even at my smallest, I was right. still considered plus size. So I never fit in any of the trendy, fashionable clothes. Right. So jeans and a hoodie were comfortable. Like I don't want to wear, I don't want to wear a dress that I'm constantly pulling it down because it's riding up too high. I never understood my that. Butt's gonna show. Yeah. Like I just didn't feel comfortable in those clothes. Yeah. I, I mean, with. Within an hour or two of wearing LuLaRoe, I was I, I spent a lot of money buying clothes. Like right. it was just ridiculous how comfortable I was. Now most of my closet is LuLaRoe and I'm ready to get rid of all my normal clothes because I can now wear things that are yeah. fashionable, things that I've always wanted to do, yeah. but because of my body type, I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm still a tomboy. Well, I just I, look cute. I hope so. Yeah, because <laughs> Not, not to say that because I've known women that are not tomboy. They just aren't girly girls. But when it, like uh, when you used to go to work, I guess right, you would uh, dress more like a lady. You know what I mean? Well, just I had to dress business typically. Casually. Right, right. I think they're out there, but I just don't think um, any of them feel like they can. They either have to be this or that. They can't really be both. Unless, yeah, uh, that's what I've noticed. Is that I guess this the Lularo? Well, all of it isn't leggings. There's dresses, shirts, skirts, That's it, right? Skirts, no, skirts too. Yeah. So the but they have a real girly look though. Oh yeah, I mean they are. They're very they're girly. Feminine. They're they're very feminine. They're very some are really loud. They're right. um 
I mean, our designer Patrick is. He stays like he's ahead of fashion a right. lot of times. So there's things that come out that still, when I open the box, I'm like, huh, I don't know. But within a day or two, I'm like, I have to have that. Mm. Like I cut her talked me into selling a pair of leggings that I just didn't think that I'd want to wear. Right. I sold all of them, and then I was pressed for those leggings. Like I really wanted them. So it's it has changed my taste a right. lot. It um fashion usually does. But just, I mean, even for me, fitted. I think it's the confidence, though. Like I, when I walk into a room now, I don't yeah. feel fat anymore. Like I don't feel like. Oh, and that's I just the thing. Feel, yeah. It, it's just my feeling. Like, yeah. Now when I walk in a room, I love my outfits. I love to get up and get dressed in the morning. Right. Like it, it just changed a lot for me in in the clothing world. Yeah, I think uh, just the way um, fashion is going. I was going to say, even for me, I don't like necessarily uh, with athletic fit shirts, athletic cut T-shirts. Some of them I do because they fit me a little bit. I go, okay, it's great. I like them on you. Uh, thank you. But then <laughs> other ones, I just think they're, they're, they're just cut wrong. They just, I just don't feel right. But I guess I guess with women, you guys are more. Well, can, no matter can, what size, no matter what size we are, right. we will always be too big. That's what I'm saying. Forever. There's always that subconscious Right, society you know, you know has made her better. Society kind of has ingrained into our thoughts so much that we're never going to be good enough. Like right. our body is never going to be good enough. Yeah. Like we'll never be Photoshop quality. Yeah. So then you, I don't know, you try and you try and dress like the models, or you try and look like when you see a Lularoe model. Yeah. Like my favorite picture is of a woman that she is probably a 22 or a 24. She is plus size and she is in an Amelia dress right. and she is stunning. You know what I you know what's what's funny to me is that uh there's even terms that get perpetuated like plus size. Now if a, a number is a number, right? For a guy being a 38 waist, that doesn't mean anything. Me I'm a 30 I wear a 38 and probably bigger than that, belly button style, right? <laughs> but for men it's you know large, small, extra large, two x that kind of thing. And yeah, once you get to five x, you're you're a big guy. But for women, I don't know what it is zero to seven and the numbers, right? And then once you get a certain number, they're plus size. That kind of stuff. I think yeah, as soon as you hit size twelve, you're plus size. I think even and size that, twelve, size twelve was average. Size twelve was the size that the military told me I needed to be. So right. my minimum weight standards in the military was plus size. Right, but that being plus size, that's like an uh, IQ test. IQ is a number, and they above average, average. But, but it'd be like it'd be like if they said, "Well, if you're below average, you're dumb." Well, dumb isn't. It's but so that's demeaning. Just, but society has changed. Like look back in the day of Marilyn Monroe, she was a plus size model. But that's what society thought was beautiful. Then. Yeah. And then somehow it changed and morphed to. It recently. You changed. have to be a size zero. Or you're right. not pretty. You have to have this big old thigh gap. And, right. Yeah, like it just. I don't know. It's now not, the, I don't know why plus size is a a derogatory. It seems like a derogatory term. Plus but it's size. Not. Why isn't it just size thirteen instead of plus? Oh, you not size not size. I can't even hear myself. Not size thirteen and twelve is over in that set. You're in the plus size section. So what's wrong with the plus? Like why isn't why aren't you just size twelve? To me, this because is a, society doesn't think that's attractive. But yeah, that's a guy. I think it is. Like I don't, I don't know. Some people think it's not, and some people think it is. But I think that model, she she's beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and she's plus size. 
I think on average, you ask the average guy, right? The average male, no matter what, I call them race, right? No matter what race, what color they are in America, an American, not a Hindu that lives in America, but an American, white guy, black guy, Mexican guy, they like a woman with some curves. Now, there's guys out there, I even find not skinny women, slim women. Oh, I can see the attract. I'm not attracted to. Like if they step, but me, that's. I think that's. I think on it's average, it's not just men, a cultural thing. I think it is also an area because where I grew up, well, yeah. if you weren't a size four or below, yeah. you were fat, and nobody wanted anything to do with you. Nobody wanted to date you. I think it's a social thing. It's just like with me dating a white girl or something, or even a Mexican. Anything outside of black. Back in the '90s, it was like, yo, what are you doing? Look at now. Look at it now. I can go back to the same city, the same street. And bring a white girl there, they'd be like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. So I think some of it is perpetuated, you know, the, the peer pressure of you're dating some thick chick. Uh, truth be told, thick, not fat necessarily. You can't be 450 pounds. Oh, I'm healthy. <laughs> Depending on your height and all that kind of stuff, there's a certain weight that starts to become detrimental, you know, bones and joints start aching. Like, what? I'm just getting out of bed. But a person having some weight on them is okay, even for men. They say, was it the dad bod or whatever it is? There's a certain point where if you're a man and you're 6% body fat, that's cool. It's cute. It's great. His shirt is off and everything, but you, it's hard to maintain that if you have, because yeah, that lifestyle starts to, his lifestyle starts to hinder your lifestyle. Well, we have to go eat because it's been three hours, that kind of thing. So I, I don't. I don't agree with a lot of the women's stuff, the, the plus size, the, the price, uh, the price, the, uh, Salary difference, all that kind of stuff. The how much you guys pay for haircuts, the whole scheme of things, and we're really getting off track. But we've been off track. <laughs> but that plus size thing kind of, kind of, uh, kind of makes me scratch my head. But to go back to, um, you were talking about weekly goal, monthly goals when you were shutting down. So is that how you did? You start off like that, saying, well, "I know." Isn't so it, if you wanted to get when, your initial investment back, that's always a goal. And then after that, yes the things no. kind of fall that, into place. That wasn't, really, that wasn't really my goal. My goal was to get the free cruise. So Lula, well, yeah, it's a goal. LuLaRoe gives you a free cruise if you meet the qualifications. So I – let me back up. My, my, back ori- up. my original goal, my first goal, and it's still my biggest goal, is that Deanne, the creator of LuLaRoe, will know who Desiree Hawker is. Right. Like she will know who I am. So I wanted to just hit the ground running and and just meet that challenge. I'm so challenge driven. So I gave myself a pretty hefty challenge. Right. Then I wanted to meet um the I wanted to do the free cruise. So I had to see what those goals were and then I set a monthly goal and I break it down into weekly and daily averages. Yeah. So every day I will look at my sales and see where I am in my goals and if uh, I can take time off or not. So I will, I'll just take the average per day and then multiply it by how many days we are into the month and see, can I take time off or do I need to really hit my sales hard? Like, right. do I need to suck it up and do two back-to-back online postings? Like, my my monthly goals would really dictate my schedule right. and how much I go and uh, how much I, how often I post new inventory or do online sales. But now, uh, now I have a pretty good customer base. I have a pretty good group, 
and my I've grown my inventory so much. So when you what are you doing? I'm trying to untangle these cords. So when you grow your inventory more, you obviously <laughs> make more sales. Right. So I'm I'm to that point because I I reinvested all of my money. Yeah. So in four months, I'm almost at a hundred thousand dollars in sales. I have reinvested a majority of my money to when, grow my business bigger. When so. do I start to see that? Never. Okay. When maybe when you retire, Probably I'll take so. care of you. Yeah. Um. So you don't do you? How can I, so you you. Do you have a stopping point for goals? No. So you set up like a real business. That's how businesses have. It uh, is a real business. No, I mean, uh, that's how businesses have Black Friday because they're so, they've made so much profit over the year. They can sell that $800 item for 175 bucks because they're at a point where they can get rid of it at a, whatever, the shipping fee or something. But in turn, that also brings people in. So is, is it, do the goals help you? Do more free advertising, free giveaways, or anything like that, or is that? Uh, yeah, like the goals um, saved for a certain time. So if I needed, if I needed help getting my goals, I'll run a special. Um, there are different things that I'll do, different strategies and tactics that I'll I'll utilize in order to hit my goals. And then every month, I want to exceed my last month's sales. Right. So my goals, my goals changed daily weekly and monthly but right. i always start the month with a goal yeah. for what my daily average will be what i want my weekly sales to look like and what i want my monthly sales to look like not necessarily a dollar amount for monthly but i want them to be a minimum yeah. of a such and such amount but i also that's the minimum but i'm always shooting to beat last month's sales yeah right so do with the inventories do you just try to Kind of cover what you've put up, make all that money back, or do you even break it down with each upload, or do you kind of just generally say, "No, I no. don't do it by upload." That'd I do be a lot it, um, more work. Yeah, it would. Uh, some people do. They want to know every time how much money they made, like how much they made profit yeah, they yeah. made based off of that. But I, I just look at my monthly. Right. How much did I spend on my business this month? Right. And how much of that is profit? That I don't. I don't break it down into smaller amounts. Mm -hmm. So you have, um, so when you when you upload, and this is this is really just kind of giving away, not the secret, but the method. You just post. How do you get people to your group? Is it just a search thing where they find you and go, "Oh, this is this is a Lularo consultant. I'll be in their group." Or do you have you use uh, Twitter and Instagram to? For uploads, I don't know no, exactly what um, to do with those. Well, every I know consultant you pushed it out like that. Before. Every consultant does it a different way. So right. we have very few policies and procedures that we have to follow. Right. But the rest of it is our business to run however we want to run it. So I do some Instagram advertising, but most of mine is done through networking and relationship right. building. Um, I really, after being in the government for fifteen years and seeing how people were treated. One of the biggest um, attractions to LuLaRoe was their culture. Like they right. really believe in relationships and mm -hmm. they really believe in taking care of people and they really believe in uh, give and then like you will receive. Right. So because I believe in that so much, I really follow that suit. Um, I lost my train of thought. We're talking about how you advertise. Twitter, Instagram. Oh, uh, so Lululemon has a baseline of rules, and you can't go against those. But other than that, it's up to the uh, representative to 
advertise and give people to their So group. some people will, yeah, some people will do like giveaways to try and fill their group with right. people. Uh, in the beginning, I would do that to try and get a, a small following. Right. But I spent a lot of time getting to know people and building relationships. So I have a lot of LuLaRoe sisters now. Like I talk to them online a lot. Um, yeah, sisters or sisters? Sisters. Okay. All right. Just to clarify. <laughs> wow. I'm just asking. So, um, like we we know we know personal things about each other. Right. We like one. She just had surgery Friday, so right, right. while we're on vacation, I'm still talking to her and seeing how she's doing and yeah. and all that stuff. Like it, it goes so much further than I'm just making a buck. Like I am really, I have a, it. Some people, some people say, "Hey, I just wanted leggings. I didn't know that I was really joining a cult." Right, but it's right. but it's like a secret society in everybody. You have your bad apple, but there's yeah. really few bad apples in this society. It is women that are building each other up, empowering each other. Somebody will post a picture. I mean, there, we post pictures all the time of ourselves yeah. where we have body issues and body, like we just have low self esteem. But we post these pictures and and just a flood of, wow, girl, you're really rocking that. Or, hey, add this belt and that will just look great on you. Or try this style. And it's it's just really the whole community is just great. So if you build those relationships with people, then they just kind of come to you. I'm a firm believer in you take care of your people, your people take care of you. So I try to look at it from that, that view. I try to run my business I try to look at everything in my business from a customer's point of view yeah. until it comes to profit. Yeah. When it comes to profit, I have to take my customer hat off and right. I have to be 100% a businesswoman and I have to say no to things that I I don't want to say no to. Like yeah. I would love to cross a lot of boundaries and help a lot of people out, but I have to draw a line because this is my family. Right. And with uh, well, basically, without what you deal, the relationship that you create with these people – being that uh, LuLaRoe is still relatively small yet popular in that small with those small numbers, it's e- it's easy to kind of weed out the bad people or that uh, the word gets around you, in a way. Yeah, you know what I mean? You, you can tell how people are treated. Um, how you can tell pretty quickly which consultant is um, jumping on board to make a dollar, and right. you can tell which consultant really believes and upholds the culture of LuLaRoe. Right. So that's through some some very basic and not a lot of interaction you can kind yeah. of tell who is who right all right cuz I, I was always i was always curious of how exactly cuz i knew you used to upload to push out things but i didn't know if you use it uh, if you use uh, social media to really constantly push stuff or is it because you have x amount a lot of mine is word of mouth yeah that's what i was saying because you have so many people in your group all those people are, hey this this consultant's pretty good. <clears throat> she put, you know, she does giveaways or whatever niche you have. She does that, so that's how you get a lot of your following. Yeah, a lot of mine. Um, a lot of mine is just if somebody asks a question, I always answer it. Right. Like always, I think everybody, even if it's not a question that I'm just like, oh, you could look at a pen post yeah. and you could find that answer. I will still answer it because I don't. I don't believe that. I don't know. I, I personally just feel it's rude. If somebody asks me a question, right, there yeah. are days that I, I want to just <laughs> ram my head into the wall because right. I'm answering questions all day and I feel like it's taking over my day. But I just have this nagging feeling that it's so rude to ignore this person. 
So um, with that, do you still uh, do you still feel like there's is that one of the cons to having a I guess it'd be a small business because you could because you could easily because people approach me with questions and if I know the reference I'll give them the answer but the rest of the answer is in that reference or for you you could say well what are your rules how do you buy stuff well this is how you buy stuff look at the pin post or wherever the rules are set up on your Facebook page and point I, them that way or do you try to I think that with any small business, it's very easy for one customer to make or break you. Right, like yeah, they can yeah. cause a lot of damage. So I I think it would be um, a little foolish not to keep that in mind in your yeah. daily interactions. But it's not why I do what I do. Right. I really I really do. I just it stresses me out. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel very rude if right. I just don't somebody asked me a question. Right. I believe that I owe them a response. Right. So is, is, what are some of the problems? You, I know you have to have rude customers, uh, and you don't have to name names if you even remember them, but what are the, some of the things that you run across that a consultant or a person that wants to become a consultant has to be uh, aware of? Because I'm sure when whenever you I, signed up, they didn't just say, these are all the bad things. They just told you everything good. Yeah, you well... So I know you Depending have... on who your sponsor is, it really depends on what. Like everybody's going to get a different story about okay. what it is and what you're going to, uh, what you're going to be faced with. I have been fortunate that I have not had a lot of bad interactions. Right. Um, I had one during the snowstorm that I d- I went during the snowstorm to the post office to send right. packages, and the, the post office was closed. So I put it on my page like, yeah. hey, I'm not going to be able to ship until. Till the government opens back up, but I had one lady that um, she she just badgered me for days, <laughs> called me a liar. Um, right. She said she called all the post offices in our town and they were open. And I mean, she just kept hammering away, hammering away, hammering away. And I tried to be very polite, and um, I told her like I told her like you are you're calling me a liar, but right. it's it's fine. I'll make sure you get your leggings and. We just won't do business together anymore because I'm I'm just gonna kindly remove you from my group. And there's some stuff. You're a small business, no different than if you were a t-shirt print shop. Something small. You don't have this huge setup to where you're paying people time and a half to drive another 14 miles to go to this delivery point or whatever no, it is. No, that's me. Yeah. And the kids yeah. in the car going to the post office. Right. To drop those packages off every day. So it's not. It just, I do, I try to always ship the next business days, but I'm a small business. I am a business of one. Right, one So there's, I have a family. I have other things that I need to do. So I am, I'm getting better, I think, of establishing some hours. I'm not operating 24-7 anymore. Right. Um. I think it's important to do that in the beginning if you want your business to be successful. But you do need to establish some boundaries. Like this weekend was the first time that I I actually checked out. And people kept contacting me all weekend, but I didn't respond. And I feel rude, but Uh, I know that I have to do that in order to establish some boundaries. Yeah, but if this were Walgreens... The guy, the the manager at Walgreens doesn't worry at nine thirty when Walgreens is closed. This guy can't get his flu shots. It's like look, we're closed. You can come back Monday at zero at seven o'clock, but nine thirty on Friday or Saturday, Sunday, whatever day, we're just closed. So I, I just think that's a downfall of operating on Facebook because I am my my Facebook group 
is available right. 24-7. If I could set up hours that you're not, like, Facebook would not let you write on my wall right. or send me messages within these hours, then you could do something like wall. Like, you could just yeah. not feel bad about it. But because people can contact me at any time, and, and I just have that feeling of responsibility to respond. Yeah. Not everybody has that. A lot of girls are really good at just shutting it off. I am. You are, yeah. You, you always I mean, shut it off. Well, because I but just... But it, it nags at me. Like, I just... Like, a lot of times I'm like, I, I just... I hate having a moral compass. Yeah. Because I cannot deliberately do things. Yeah, I would... Not that I'd shut it off, but I would... I like to look... Even this podcast, I like to look at it as, as, uh, as much of a professional as possible. You know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to, if I treat it like it's not a, a real business or it's not a real thing, then it won't be a real, it'll never be a real thing. You know, it's just like somebody not taking college seriously. You go, no, you need to get that piece of paper. You need to take this seriously until you get to that graduation. Now, now you can go goof off. But if you have any sort of business, it nags at you. But if, the, I think the more you do it, the more you close or, you know, whatever, stick to your guns or whatever it is the more they know what to expect. So then the next time you're closed or you get snowed in, then they already know, well, okay, well, she'll let us know when she's back up and running, no problem. It all gets easier. I mean, I remember sending my first invoice for over $100 thinking, oh, I feel like I need to discount this because this is so much money. Oh, no. We need to switch. We need to switch seats. <laughs> I didn't. I would do cartwheels. But I had, <laughs> I had a very <laughs> nagging sensation like, oh, I feel... I feel guilty telling these people, knowing that I they just went. Oh, yeah. yeah, knowing that I just went and spent a few hundred dollars at least, right. and had no issues spending it. Right. But being on the receiving end, I felt guilty. So it it took me time to get over feeling guilty about that. Like it's, I think it's just me. Yeah, probably. So, I mean, everybody's different. Yeah. So getting getting past that for myself. Um, the longer I do it, the better I get about that. Uh, now I get really excited, like, yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes I'm shocked, like, oh, my gosh, this lady just bought nine things. Like, wow. Right. So it's fun, though. I love it. I do really enjoy it. I love the culture. I love that uh, nobody can come tell me that I need to go fire somebody today. And yeah. there's no reason behind it. Does um, LuLaRoe have a rule that you know of against having employees for you? No, you can have you know, assistance. I mean, it's my business. I can yeah. do it however I want to do it. That's the one. I mean, I'm I'm 37 now, so I see. You'll be my employee soon. Yeah, I see the part. <laughs> I see the portion where, yeah, I'm not taking those pictures because I don't have the eye or the, I don't know what you want to see. Oh, yeah, but I can take it to the mailbox. That's no problem. Or I can package it. That's of, no problem. Um, a lot of husbands are leaving their corporate jobs and doing this with their wives now. Yeah. But I can see the I can see that side of it where you need help or help is help is needed or wanted and it could benefit everything. So what I think a lot of the husbands do is the bookwork, the money, like the they take care of. Like right now, I'm doing it all. Right, I'm doing all the inventory. I'm looking through it all, making sure I have it, tracking mm -hmm. it, taking photos, putting it away, doing all the bookwork, uploading. Like I'm doing everything. So right. I don't have any free time because as soon as I'm done with the pop-up, then I'm in my Excel sheets and updating right. numbers and figuring out the money and what can else can I order. And so I'm I'm still 
I'm still learning how to even run a small business or a business yeah. period, but I'm just one person. So it's easier if you have an assistant, if you have somebody, like if I just had somebody to pull orders, that yeah, would free yeah. up an hour of my day that I could do some book work and then keep going. Right. So. Yeah, they don't they don't shy away from it at all. Who doesn't? Lularo. Love you having an employee. Oh, yeah. I was just curious just because uh, I, I always assume everybody that I know or don't really know anybody, but they're just a, a one of one. That's it. They just run it, and they have their husband or something help them, but they're they don't have. I wouldn't assume it's anyone's big enough to have you know kind of employees, but there are there's yeah. some. Oh yeah, there's some that they have like four or five assistants. Oh yeah, working with them. But the thing, a I, husband, wife, and four or five more people right running their business. I mean, there are people that have floor to ceiling, wall to wall, just bins of leggings. That's not. Yeah counting any of their other inventory like they have thousands of pieces of inventory right you start with 250 to 300 i'm thinking i think i'm right around 1500 but there are people where they take their entire dining room and there's only enough room between racks of clothes to walk down the aisle sideways so they're not having thanksgiving dinner not in their dining room no like there are people that have so much stuff like they just you can't do it you can do it on your own, but right. your your customer service will It'll start be to be impacted the more yeah. that you're stretched. So yeah. when you get bigger, like I'm to the point where I need to teach Cutter how to do some things to help right. me out and, and teach somebody so that I can continue to maintain the customer service point of it. Yeah. Well, just just uh, wait a couple more years. I'll be back. Um. So you got anything else to talk about? I think you kind of mm-hmm. ran it. We could talk all day. But about the business, yeah, but not on this podcast. No, no, you'll just have to invite me back to your living room one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what's your uh, Twitter? Is your Twitter and Instagram the same, right? Um, I don't know my Twitter. Oh, gee, grab your my phone. Instagram. I you know got a Instagram? new phone, so I'm not even logged into Twitter. Are don't you serious? Ju- yes, oh, I'm Twitter. serious. My Instagram is LulaRoe underscore with underscore Desiree. Desire with an extra E. My Facebook is LulaRoe with Desiree. Oh, let me find your, your Twitter. So I think. Uh, but I don't. I'm not good with Twitter. Another downfall of. Uh, How you spell LulaRoe? L U L A R O E. With. Desiree. D E S I R E E. Your husband's not even following you. Oh, I didn't notice, so you were totally okay. Wow. Anyway, um, here it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look at that picture of our baby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Twitter is uh, Desiree Lou LaRoe. So, Wait, well, yeah. What is it? At Desiree Lou oh, LaRoe, no okay. with. That's right, because somebody else took it. Somebody who? Oh, somebody else had somebody else's name is Desiree. Name. That's a consultant. Car. How dare they? Yeah, I blame their parents. <laughs> I guess. So I think that wraps up episode episode number ten. This is number ten. <laughs> so trying to mess me up. <laughs> it wraps up episode number ten. If you guys have any questions for Lou LaRoe with Desiree or Desiree or Desiree, uh, you can. Join our Facebook group or uh, hit her up on Twitter or follow her on Instagram to see. Check out her inventory. 
if if you don't want to get to the group yet. So that's a wrap. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. And as always, I don't have a saying. I don't have an end saying. I got nothing. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Hit me up at, at the... <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up at Twitter at uh, the real Armand Hawk H A W K, and uh, I will catch you guys next week. With me? Possibly. Mm, all right. Yeah, we gotta go another road trip. I can do that. <laughs> all right. All right. See you guys later. Thanks.